live a life that is pleasing to Him. Amen. As we are standing, we can go to the Word of the Lord today. Just one verse, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Genesis 2 and 7. The Word of the Lord says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Man, I want to preach to you today from this title, uh, Unfinished. Unfinished. Turn to a few people and greet them as you are seated today. Man, one of uh, one of the indications uh, that you are becoming a person of great influence and uh, that people look to, uh, according to this world, obviously one of the ways that they show this uh, respect uh, for the individual is they will publish a, a book about your life. Um, book publishers, they just really don't publish anybody's book. Um, from what I understand, I'm not a writer or an author, but um, I think it's getting a little bit easier now. You can, you can self-publish, um, and obviously there are many, a lot more publishers nowadays thanks to the technology internet, and you can self-publish and uh, go to many others, but there used to be just you know a handful of major publishers that would obviously turn away a lot of, lot of books, a lot of ideas, but thankfully uh, it is more available uh, nowadays. Um, and uh, what they, they, they're looking for, they want to have a, a bestseller. Obviously, it's not really about the author, but it's about the publisher because they want to make money. That's really kind of what it all comes down to nowadays is, is making money. Uh, and so they want to sell millions and millions of copies of your book. And so uh, they're hoping it makes to the New York Times best-selling list. And, and obviously uh, that is what publishers look forward to. And uh, so if you're somebody of great importance and you just have people lining up wanting to write a book about you, then uh, you, know, you maybe have contributed something to this world um, uh, on the grand scale, but um, many years ago, there was one of the greatest inventors that we all are impacted by today. Uh, he passed away. His name was Steve Jobs, and uh, as he he obviously had, a, I think it was pancreatic cancer. He had some kind of cancer that he was dying, and he knew that his end of life was coming, and so. Uh, during his last years, he began to uh, sit with an author or, and began to write the, uh, about a book, uh, an autobiography written by uh, somebody there, and they were working on that. But uh, the problem was is that Steve Jobs died before the book was done. Uh, and so... Uh, the, the author had to hurry up and finish this, this biography 
uh, about him, and about uh, within a year, I think, after he had passed, it was finally published and ready for the world uh, to read. And because of who Steve Jobs was, uh, the man that he was, the mind that he had, the book became an instant success. Everybody wanted to get their hand on the book and to get into the mind and the life of uh, Steve Jobs. But thankfully, uh, even though he died uh, unexpectedly, that his book did not remain unfinished, that somebody continued on and, and pressed forward uh, to finish that great work uh, about his life. But as many as... Uh, people may know about Steve Jobs. There are so many other people in this world that have left their fingerprints in this world. Uh, not just in our lifetime, but in the centuries before we ever came to the scene. People like uh, Mozart and, and, and Beethoven who have uh, left their mark on this world even from hundreds of years ago. Uh, people like Michelangelo who has... Uh, the great artist and designer, uh, sculptor, even uh, uh, there's so many other uh, people of influence that have left their mark in this world. But as much as we admire uh, their works and uh, the Picassos and all these arts and, and, and songs and uh, 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 talents that they have poured out, uh, we, we enjoy all of those uh, in our life today, and we recognize them, but I don't know if you r realize it or not, but many of those great artists and great people still have unfinished work. We admire their finished works, and we admire the things that they have done and uh, that it has made the news and the headlines, but believe it or not, they have things that they never got around to finish, and so there are unfinished works of Mozart. There are unfinished, uh, uh, there's an unfinished statue of Michelangelo where he was carving away at a, at, at a man. They don't know if it was David or if it was Apollo, but it's a, it's a big chunk of rock with the, 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 the beginnings of a, of a human being, of a man in there. And it remains unfinished, obviously, since he passed uh, uh, centuries ago. Uh, there's a... There's a painting by Raphael, it's called His Transfiguration, which is a familiar or a popular uh, painting of, of, of Jesus being transfigured. And, uh, but as much as it may look like it's finished, they say it is still, it's actually not done. Uh, there's, there's unfinished works of, of a painting of uh, Theodore Roosevelt. There's all kinds of things. While we enjoy the finished works and we admire all of those things, there are still unfinished things that they uh, are, are just kind of left around. And so the question is, is then why doesn't somebody else come around to uh, Michelangelo's unfinished statue, and why doesn't somebody else pick up a chisel and a hammer and say, hey, I'm going to finish what he started. I'm going to start chipping away, and I, we can clearly see it is not done, and it, we want it to be done. We want to uh, see what he, uh, what he desired and, and what he dreamed about, and so somebody else comes up and uh, starts chiseling away and say, hey, I'm going to finish the work Michelangelo left, unfinished. 
Why hasn't somebody uh, who's uh, gifted in, in writing music, uh, why has, haven't they picked up Mozart's Requiem and said, hey, I'm going to finish this out for him? Why hasn't somebody finished Raphael's painting of the Transfiguration? Why it's, we know it's unfinished. But yeah, it's like we just kind of leave it there unfinished as opposed to somebody else coming in, along and doing that. And, and obviously, uh, because of their finished works and their, their respect and their greatness, that uh, we would rather leave it unfinished because we don't want to mess up uh, their, their work or their image or, or, or their, their history uh, of greatness. And, and nobody wants to come along and be the one to, to start chipping away and actually break uh, something uh, that wasn't supposed to break off. And then, then what do you do there? And so while there may be a lot of uh, things out there unfinished, um, people just really don't come along and say, hey, I'll finish that for you. I've got a lot of things on my list to do, and many of them uh, haven't even started, but some of them I've, I've started, but yet they're still unfinished. And, and, and maybe it's just me, but sometimes I just uh, I, I don't completely finish it. I move on to something else. While it's better than it was, it's not finished. There's a, there was a hole in the wall, but now it's patched. Well, it needs to be painted. Well, it's, still, it's looking better now than it did, right? But yet it is still unfinished. And uh, during, uh, during the, the, the financial crash uh, um, in, in 2008, and we obviously had a big boom, uh, construction boom going on down here. And I remember uh, driving down the roads, and you just see a bunch of unfinished houses. And, you know, we, some of them are just, just a foundation. Some of them had a roof and just studs and, and walls in, but they, they, left, they were left unfinished. And why didn't, a, why didn't a carpenter just say, hey, I'll go finish that for that person? It's like something we just don't, uh, because it's not ours, and, and it's, we don't have really the rights to do that. Why? Because we didn't start it. And we weren't given the authority and the power and the right to, to do that. Uh, and so we're not going to just go and finish somebody else's work. And so you may go to somebody else's house and see uh, unfinished work there and say, hey, let me help you finish that. Well, that can be, you just don't really do that. Because we all know that we have unfinished work in our own life that we need to get to, right? Uh, and so uh, while we have uh, unfinished things in our life and in this world, uh, I'm so thankful uh, that one thing that is always going to be finished is what God is wanting to do. That God's not going to leave something unfinished, but he's going to make sure it is accomplished because the Bible says his word goes forth and it accomplishes and it prospers thereto wherever it is sent. And so I'm thankful for the word of God that when it goes out, it's going to do something and it's not going to leave it unfinished, but it's always going to keep on working until it is finished to the way that God wants it to be done. Aren't you thankful that God hasn't left you behind, that he hasn't forsaken you, that he's still wanting to do a work in you and to continue to do something in you and, and renew and re restore that greatness that God is calling inside of every one of us? Amen. As the word of God goes forth, it is 
described in many aspects, but it is one thing it is described as, as, as a seed. Uh, the Word of God is a seed that is uh, cast out and is spread uh, into uh, the hearts of men and across this world. But uh, I'm thankful that uh, even if you receive the seed, we don't really see the end product yet, but God is doing something with that seed inside of you uh, because he is not going to leave something unfinished on his end. We may quit, we may give up, and we may throw in a towel, but God's ready to pick it up whenever, whenever we're ready to finish it up. I'm thankful that there are times where I've, where I've felt like quitting, but God says, hey, I'm not quitting on you. Even though you feel like giving up, I'm thankful that God is not going to give up on me, that he's always going to be there, right there when I turn around, come back to him, he is there. We can never go too far from God. Man, even the even the, the backsliders who, who 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 have been a part of this and they, they've received the word of truth. They know the presence of God, but yet they're not here today. And that they haven't been here in a while. I believe that God is not done with them yet, that there is still an unfinished work in them. There's still a seed down inside that God is trying to, to grow and to nurture. And I believe that there's coming a day where we're gonna see them coming back through these doors. Why? Because they get hungry for God again. Say, God, I want you to finish that work in me that you began a long time ago because I realize that this world cannot offer me what you have given to me. Man, the Bible says that uh, a tree that is cut down, while we may think it is over, we may think it is finished, the Bible says that the scent of water, that tree is going to start sprouting up again. And I, I believe that these last days, what do we know? That the, there's going to be a mighty outpouring and there's going to be a latter rain greater than the former. And so all of those uh, trees that seem to be cut down, that seem to be finished, I believe when this latter rain is start coming out, all of a sudden there's going to be new life that's going to spring up. And those lost sinners, those backsliders, they're going to start coming back and say, hey, I I need to get a hold of God again. I need to get back into his presence. I need to feel the presence of God in my life, and I'm coming back. There's a new life coming at the scent of rain. Amen. So Jesus is always at work, and he's not going to leave something unfinished uh, that he wants to accomplish, and I want to be a part of that. Amen. And so... Um, According to some statisticians, the average person spends at least one-fifth of his or her life not sleeping, but talking. Believe that or not, some obviously uh, are a lot more, are awake a whole lot more than others. Uh, and, and so... Ordinarily, in a single day, uh, people say enough words to you to to fill a fifty-page book. Some can write a whole series in a day. Some maybe a pamphlet, but uh, we the the amount of words that we speak, we are filling up a book. Uh, and so, in one year's time, the average person's word would fill. 132 books, each book containing 400 pages. Those are the amounts uh, of words that we are uh, spitting out of our mouth, and 
one can argue how useful all those words are or not. Uh, and so we are, we are writing a book, whether we realize it or not. But we are not the only one that is authoring a book. Because we see in Exodus 32, it says, Yet now, Moses is talking to the Lord, Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin... And if not, blot me out. Um, and, and so, did I give you the right one? 32. 32, 32. Um, yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. And so here Moses is standing between uh, God and the people of Israel. And Moses is confessing here, he's saying, uh, if you don't forgive them, then go ahead and blot me out of the book that you are writing. In verse 33, and the Lord said unto Moses, whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. And so now it's more than just an accusation that Moses said that, God, you're writing a book, go ahead and write me out, blot me out if you don't forgive them. But uh, the Lord confesses here, seeming like uh, that I will blot them out of my book, whoever has sinned against me. And so we see that uh, the Lord is also writing a book, that God is writing a book. And if God has started something, we know that he's going to finish it. And so I'm looking forward to the, the finishing of his book and reading his book. Uh, uh, we'll see that one day. But we know that God, uh, if God's going to start something, we know that he's going to finish it. He's not just going to leave it by itself. We, we, we see in the, in the beginning, the very first verse in the Bible says, um, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And so we see, we don't, we're not told how God created the heavens and the earth, but we, we, we read on, we see how God spoke all of these things into existence. But uh, the first verse kind of throws us off a little bit because we see uh, the heavens and the earth, and, but we see the earth w was without form and void. So it's like it was, it was created, but it, it was just kind of left unfinished. Without form and void. And so, we, you know, you can get into arguments how long that earth stood like that or, or whatever. That really doesn't ma really matter. Uh, but uh, the, f the earth was without form and void. And so some can argue that, ha, huh, uh, God started something and then he left it alone and it just kind of remained there without, without any purpose. And so, but that's not the end of the story, is it? Because we see then God, the Spirit of God, begin to move upon the face of the waters. He said, hey, I started something and I'm here to finish it. I'm going to make something good out of this. It was without form and void, but hey, I'm not done yet. I may have taken a break, but that doesn't mean I'm finished with it because then then all of a sudden we see all this life begin to happen and, and speaking and brought forth in animals and, and fruit and life and all of these things. And eventually God says it is good and it is very good once he gets the man. So just because something may look like 
It has no form or void or purpose in it. If God's put a seed in there, if God started something in there, I'm here to tell you that God is going to finish it. He's not going to leave it unfinished, but that we got to keep on praying and keep on believing that God is at work and he is not done yet uh, with that situation or with that person in your life. Uh, it can be, it can be uh, disheartening. When you're praying for somebody or, 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 or wanting good things to happen for somebody and, and still it's not happening yet. And, and you can almost get to the point like, well, what's the point? What's the point? I've been praying for them for years. And what's the point? There's nothing yet. And, uh, uh, and so uh, we got we to reali- realize that if God has began a good work, he's going to make sure he's finishing it. And we got to keep on holding on, keep on believing that God, the author of it all, is not done with it, that he still got something inside of that person or that situation to make it finished. And so uh, we see that uh, God is writing a book, um, and it's an interesting story here that uh, Moses is standing here between Israel and God. And they have obviously sinned, um, and God is ready to, to wipe them out and start over with Moses. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that Moses didn't go along with that plan. Because it's not like, it seems like he got a little frustrated with him too. And he could have said, wow, Lord, what? that's a great idea. I like myself. I don't like them. Starting over with me, that's, that's not a bad plan, Lord. Uh, but uh, thankfully, Moses did not do that. Uh, we, we, we know that he said, God, if you don't forgive them, then go ahead and blot me out of the book that you are writing. Talk about standing in the gap and interceding for somebody else. That's the definition of a true intercessor right there. When you're willing to stand and say, God, if you don't forgive them, then go ahead and wipe me out too. That's, that's, that's a confession there, right? And yet Moses is saying this for the people of Israel. We, we know that uh, God had special privilege, or, or Moses had special privilege with God as he went up to the, to the Mount Sinai and he spent uh, countless days uh, up there. And who knows all that he saw. But we did see God uh, writing things. Moses got to witness God, the author, starting to write in a, in a visible form, and we know that he wrote uh, the Ten Commandments. God himself did carve those things into the tablets as, and, and gave them to Moses, and uh, what a sight that was see, uh, to behold. But we know that Moses witnessed God writing things, and he brought those com- com- tablets down, and obviously uh, he was so mad at what was they were doing, he threw them down and broke those uh, the, the first writings of the Lord, God himself, uh, Moses ended up breaking them at his frustration with the people, but yet then he turns around and says, if you wipe them out, wipe me out. Uh, and so we know that he, God is, uh, is writing things, and so, uh, but what else is he writing? Because he wrote the, first, the Ten Commandments, but here in this uh, conversation with Moses, um, 
Moses says, write me out of the book that you're writing. So he gives us kind of an insight. Hey, God's not done writing. God's not done finishing. Uh, and so uh, what we can admire about Moses is that while he was up there in the presence of God, experiencing the glory, his face began to glow being so close to God. Um, and yet the people down there, they were sinning and doing uh, things that uh, God was getting to wipe them out for. Uh, and so Moses could have easily stood up there, the mountain with God, and saying, God, what are they doing? Look at them people. Look at them sinners out there. You, man, they, I can't believe that they are doing that. Uh, you need, to, you need to handle that. Let your judgment come and, and wipe them out and, and judge them for their sins uh, that they are committing. But that's not what uh, Moses did. Moses ran down there and, and tried to handle the situation. And, and, and going down there and doing so, going among them, he ends up turning around and kind of squaring off with God, saying, God, forgive them, please. Forgive them for they don't know what they do, even though they obviously knew what they're doing. But forgive them of their sins, uh, because if you don't do that, then go ahead and blot me out uh, of the book. And so uh, we, we understand that Moses probably uh, at this point, I don't know if we've ever thought about it, but Moses probably was uh, guaranteed, hey, I'm going to heaven. You know, you're up, you're up wa talking, wa walking, talking with God for 40 days, not eating or drinking, and God's presence is sustaining you. You can pretty much say in your mind, yeah, I'm going to make it. Uh, things are going to be okay for me. Uh, I'm already experiencing heaven right now, and so uh, there's, it's definitely coming for me. Uh, and yet, uh, I'm sure he got, maybe he got a glimpse that, yep, I know my name is written down in his book. And yet, knowing that, knowing being that close to God, being in his presence uh, so near and dear, and so knowing all that, he goes down there and he stands between the people and God and says, God, I know. I know where my eternity is. I know where I'm going. I, I know I've been in your presence. I, I know that I'm destined for streets of gold and uh, being in, in your presence for all of eternity. But, God, I, while knowing that, if you don't forgive their sins, go ahead and erase my name out of heaven's book. Talk about a love and intercession a desire to see somebody saved. Where you very you know very well that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but you're willing to stand up and say, God, if you don't forgive them, erase my name. That is what we see Moses doing, is willing to lay down all of eternity to save his people. Talk about a, an intercessor. Talk about a, a soul winner. Talk about a, 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 
passionate and hungry person to, to reach the lost. And so uh, I know that we can uh, come in here uh, time after time and we can experience the, the glory and the power of Almighty God. And, and I know that we, we know that what we're in, well, that we're, we're in a holy place, that we're in the presence of Almighty God. And we have an idea and we know uh, what it is that we have. And, and, but yet we turn around and we can easily see the sin out there in this world. And we can easily see how people are lost and they don't know what they're doing and they're dying and they're going to a devil's hell. But uh, I pose a question to you today. Are we going to be like Moses and say, God, I got to go out there and reach somebody or do we just stay here at the, the top of Mount Sinai and say, God, look at that messed up world. You see, are we called to stay up on Mount Sinai or are we called to go down into the world and to be a light and to preach the gospel and say, hey, you don't have to live like that. There's a better life that God will forgive you of your sins. If you just confess with your heart and you're with, a, with an open heart, you come to an altar of repentance and, and God will change you and transform you and give you a new life. You see, God needs us to go out to the people and deliver that message to them because we were once out there. We were once out there. And we cannot forget it that uh, being in the presence of Almighty God, I mean, we, we live a, a, a blessed life, and, and God has been so good to us. And, and I know that we are to maintain a, a separation and a walk for, with God and holiness, and there is no fellowship with light and darkness. And we have to maintain our standards of holiness, but that doesn't mean that we just stay on the mountain with God and point with God and say, what are they doing down there? No, we are called. We got a treasure in this earthen vessel that we are to go to be the light and the salt of somebody else in this world and say, God, help them, Lord. Help me to reach them and, and help draw them near. Let me help minister to them any way that I can. That is what Moses was doing, and that is what we are also called to do, uh, is to be a witness to people in this world and not just a point uh, because God's obviously, God, God's pointing enough. He sees all the sin enough. But he's looking for somebody out there to say, God, help me to reach this person. God, use me to reach them and minister to them. Help me to reach my neighbor, uh, uh, reach out to somebody who is lost and, and hungry for you. Lead me to somebody that it can be uh, brought and transformed into your presence because uh, I know there's, there's a work to do in them. Uh, you're not going to leave them unfinished. That, that You want to do something in them because you died for every man, woman, boy, and girl. And you're not just going to die and just leave somebody alone. But that call is going out to everybody. And those that will respond are going to experience and see what God, the finished work of God can do in somebody's life that is hungry enough for it, that is desperate enough to get a hold of God and say, God, I'm tired of that old life. I want something new. And God's not going to disappoint. God's going to pour out his spirit like, like no other in your life, and you're going to experience a new life. And if you haven't done that, you can do that today.
If you haven't repented of your sins, that's the first thing we need to do is say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. Thank you for this opportunity that I can come and be here. And if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, you can get baptized today and get all your sins washed away. Come on, you're on your way to Mount Sinai. You're on your way to the presence of God being cleansed and, and washed away all that bad sin and things you've done in your life. And God will fill you with his Holy Ghost and you'll begin to speak in another language you've never done before. That's the presence of God inside of you. That's the call of communion. Hey, come be with me. I know you don't deserve it to be here, but hey, come up to be with me. Come on this mountain with me and experience my glory. But as much as we want to stay in the presence and glory of God, he has commissioned us to go into all the world, to make disciples, to preach the gospel, because it's not just about us, it's about everyone else that needs a finishing work of God in their life. And so uh, we know that God is at work and he is, he is writing books and, and doing uh, a work in people's lives. And, and we see these uh, books uh, explained to us, revealed to us in, in Revelation 20 and 12. It says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And so God is busy. He is writing books. We are writing books, too, by every word that we say. We're filling up pages and pages of books. And uh, we, we, we can... Uh, we can have a say if we're writing the book. We get to decide who's in the book. We get to decide the characters and the plot and the, the, the plans and all of these things. Um, but we get to decide who's in our book. And, but God is writing a book, and he obviously also gets to decide who's in his book, the book of life. And thankfully, he gives us in his word what he's looking for for somebody to to put their name in the Lamb's book of life, and that is to be born again, born of the water and of the Spirit, and repent and be baptized in Jesus' name, fill the Holy Ghost. And uh, as Jesus said, if you don't do that, you're not going to see the kingdom of heaven. And so uh, that seem, to me seems like that's something he's looking for us to do and to follow in faith and to live a, a holy and righteous life. And so uh, God is writing the, the book of life. But yet he gives every person the opportunity to be a part of it or not. Aren't you thankful for that? That all of God's glory and all that he has done, and as, as majestic as he is, he doesn't need us in his presence. But yet he says, hey, I'm, building a, I'm writing a book here, and if you want to be a part of my story, you can go ahead and sign your name in the book, but you got to make sure you're obedient to the Word of God. Uh, and so every person has the opportunity to be a part of the book of life, and it just comes down to whether they want to or not. And so God is doing a work in us and he's keeping track of everything. He's writing books. And I know we, 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 we know that the, the, the books there referenced in Revelation are obviously the book of life, uh, the books 
Most likely it is the Word of God because that is what He's given us to as a standard to live and to judge our life by. So we'll be judged by that. And also uh, the books uh, that we are writing with our life. Because the Word of God says we're going to be judged by every word, every deed, everything that we do. And so God is up there writing books, auto, uh, writing biographies of your life. And everyone is going to be finished one day, and he'll be using that and comparing that with the Word of God. Uh, and so um, I'm thankful that while God is busy uh, writing things down, uh, 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 the things we say, the things we do, uh, that gives me hope that uh, when he sees me crying, he's just, it's, he, he notices it, that he's writing that down. When he sees me going through a hard time, hey, they're going through a hard time. God's keeping note. He knows your situation. He knows what you're going through. It's in the book that he's writing about your life. And so let's not lay, leave it unfinished. Let's let God finish the work inside of us. And we're not going to allow these things to take away and rob us of the thing and the greatness and the glory that God is trying to work in us and through us, but God is up to something, and I want to let him finish that work inside of me. Even though things may get hard, even though the valleys may get dark, I know that God knows where I'm at. Why? Because he's taking notes. He's writing books about our lives, and he wants to bring us through every situation so that he can get the glory and finish his book about you. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. And so Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the one that is writing the books. And we all know the books of life where are the names of those that have been redeemed and saved are written down. Uh, but he's also uh, writing your story, your personal story. And so if he is the author and finisher of our faith, and if it may feel like he's not done yet, that's because he's not done yet. Sometimes we got to go through a, 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 a waiting period. Sometimes writers get a what they call a writer's block where they just can't, you just can't think about anything. You don't know where to go. Uh, and sometimes when we're living this out, we're the characters in the story. We're living it out. And sometimes we, kinda, we hit a, like a writer's block and we say, where are you? I, what, what's going on here? I feel like I'm abandoned. I feel like I'm alone like, like Job did. He felt like he, he looking for on the right hand and on the left where God normally does work. But he wasn't there. What happened? Maybe God had a writer's block or something. But what did Job says? He confessed through faith. I know he knows where I'm at. He knows the road that I'm taking, that I'm walking on. Why? Because God is not going to leave me unfinished. He's still working in me. Even though it may feel not feel like he's writing anything at the moment, God is still at work inside of you. And he wants to do, and he's going to continue that work in you till it is accomplished and finished. And so if Jesus is the author of it all, musicians, if you'd come, if Jesus is the author, 
and the finisher of our faith. Just like we have these unfinished works of Michelangelo, of Mozart, and yet nobody has stepped up and said, I'm going to finish that. People may talk about, eh, some, they should finish that or whatever. Obviously, opinions are abounding, but uh, nobody does that. Why? It's because they're not the author of it. They didn't start that. That's not their work. They didn't begin that, and so who am I to step up and say, hey, let me finish this for this person because they haven't done it yet. Uh, and so if God is doing something inside of us, uh, why should we listen to anybody else of what God should do in my life? You're not the author of my life. You're not the author of my faith. Jesus is the one who started this in me. Jesus is the one who died for me. Jesus is the one who purchased my salvation. And so he's the one that's going to do a work in me, uh, not, not anybody else. And what happens is the devil likes to come along and try to finish it. Or not finish it, or even distort it. He likes to come along and try to distort things and and to mess things up to to get us to to believe his lies. He is the father of lies. Why would we listen to anything the enemy has to say? What has the enemy done for you that has led to anything good in your life? Why would we listen to any other lies that he speaks about you or, or that God has forsaken you or, or left you alone and say, no, God is going to finish the work that he's done in me. Uh, it may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But I know that God is not going to leave me or forsake me or leave me unfinished because there's something good inside of me. God just doesn't leave things unfinished. I want to see them through, and I'm going to hold on until it is accomplished. And so looking through the lens of a writer, as God is the author of it all, what happens is we turn to a new chapter, a new page in our life. And this chapter starts out describing dark skies, dark clouds and a valley and, and, and hardship. Aren't, aren't books filled with those things? Is there, ever, is, there a, is there a book, I mean, besides kids' books, is there a, a decent novels or books that doesn't have anything bad happening? No bad details? That all, This is the book of sunshine, and it's everything is great and bliss, and what happens is we read that book and we're like, that's not real. That doesn't happen, Right? Because we've experienced the dark chapters. We've experienced the hardships. We know that, that that's, that's not painting a good picture of life. And so why is it now that we're living for God that uh, a new chapter is opening and we're the characters in the story and we don't, we don't really know the end of uh, how it's all going to play out. But all of a sudden something happens and uh, we find ourselves in a dark situation. All of a sudden we think we're, we're forsaken. 
that even though God's already written 15 chapters in my life and I can look back and see how God has been there every single time, God has always been faithful. Now all of a sudden a new chapter happens and all of a sudden, oh, God, where are you? Why is this happening to me? Why do I got to go through this? And, 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 and we have to understand that Jesus is the author of our life, the author of our faith, but he's also the finisher of our faith. Do you know, has God ever done anything that is bad that he turned out? God is like, oh, man, what a mistake. What a mess up. No, God is perfect. He does all things well. And so if he's doing a work inside of you, we have to understand that it's a good thing, that all things work together for the good to them that are called, to them love God or called according to his purpose. And so God is doing all good things in our life. We just have to allow him to continue writing. What happens is, is, is we start reading the chapter, and we don't like the chapter. We close the book, say, hey, I'm not finishing that. I have an idea where it may be headed, but I don't want to read about that. Well, that's our life. He's the author of our life, and what happens is some things, sometimes stuff happens, and, and we see it. We see people don't like what's going on. They get hurt or whatever. And what happens is they walk out the door and they close the door and say, hey, I'm not going back to church anymore. I'm done with all that stuff. And they be blaming God about all these things. And, and what happens is there's an unfinished work in their life. And, and they're going to pursue something else. Well, uh, that, that the rest of the book is not going to be filled with good things if you, leave, if you let somebody else write it. God has got to work inside of us, and he's not going to leave it unfinished, but that means he's always working there, and he's continuing to do something great in us. Even in the hard chapters, we have to hold on by faith and say, God, I know you're writing it. I know this, the end of this chapter is going to turn out good. I know I'm coming through this. I'm not going to give up, and I'm not going to give in, and I'm not going to quit coming to church, but I'm going to remain faithful because I know the end of the story, and you are the author and the finisher of my faith. So why should I let anybody else dictate to my faith? Why should I let any situation dictate to my faith what is going to happen? Jesus is the author of my faith. He's the finisher of my faith. Uh, even though my situation is not good, that should not affect how my faith is written because he's the only one that has the pen in my life. I've given it to him, and I don't want any, I don't give that pen to anybody else because he's the one who started it. If you stand with me today, there's a story of a young lady who read a book, and she completed the book, and she said it was the dullest book that she had ever read. Maybe you've read some of those, you know, some of those you just... Maybe don't finish reading. You just start reading like, uh, can't do this. But then there's some books, man, you can't even, you can't put them down. You just fly through them, right? Those are, those are amazing books. Uh, so this lady, this is one of the worst books she ever read. Horrible. Uh, props to her for finishing it, I guess. And not long after finishing the book, she met a, a young, strapping young man. And in the course of their relationship, uh, it grew, and they, you know, fell in love and get engaged, and uh, their their life 
got closer together. And during a visit in the home of his fiance one evening, she said to him, I have this book in my library. It's written by a man whose name and initials are the same as yours. What are the chances? And what a coincidence that is. And he says, well, it's not a coincidence because I wrote that book. And the story goes on that this young fiancé decided, hey, I'm going to read that book again. You better read it. You better like it. But she completed the book again, and she thought that it was the most interesting book she ever read. You know what the the difference was? She knew who the author was. So many people see this book, it says Holy Bible, and they don't really understand it. It's a big book and lots of stories in it. Seems like there's many authors, but really there's only one author. And, and, and really, you can read the book, and I know people who read the book and they don't even care about God. It's just a book. But the difference is, once you have an, an experience with the author, everything changes. Your eyes are opened up. You're, there's enlightenment, there's revelation that comes to you and you have a, you know who the author is and you have a, re, a relationship with the author. Now you see things differently. You understand all these things now and your eyes are open and you see these promises that are placed throughout the word of God that gives you hope and say, hey, I'll never leave you or forsake you, that I'm always going to be there and I'm coming for you. You understand all these things even better now that you have an encounter and an a relationship with the author and knowing the author of the word of God the author of your faith you know and I know that God's not going to leave anything unfinished that once God starts something in your life he's going to finish it he's going to be there to the end he's going to lead you through that he's not going to put you in a hard situation and say you're on your own no that's not what the author does why because i know from my encounter and my experience and my walk with Jesus that he is going to be there through it all he is the author and he is the finisher of my faith and i'm not going to let some other bum come into my life and start speaking to me and start trying to finish and write chapters for my life. I'm not going to let the devil come in and start uh, messing things up. No, you're not the author. I know the voice of the author. You're not. That's not your voice. Uh, I'm, why would I listen to your voice? Because I have a walk with the author and I know I have a relationship with the author and I know who he is. That's who we need to be listening to. That's who we need to be looking to. Even though we deal with giants and devils and situations and details, we still need to keep our eyes on the author because he is the one who is finishing the work inside of us. When Benjamin Franklin was about to die, They say that he asked for a picture of Jesus uh, on the cross 
be placed in his room that he can look upon the, the suffering Messiah, the one who died for him. And he wrote in advance the epitaph that was to be put on his gravestone. He says, the body of Benjamin Franklin, printer, like the cover of an old book, its contents torn out and stripped of its lettering and gilding, lies here. Yet the work itself shall not be lost, for it will, as he believed, appear once more in a new and more beautiful edition, corrected and amended by the author himself. You see, we may find ourselves in, in destitute situations, but we know that Jesus is the one that has the final say. He's the one who gets to make a new addition. He's the one who gets to take this mortal body and change it into immortality. He's the one who gets the final say in it all. And so I'm not going to give the pin to anybody else or any other situation to dictate to my faith. No, Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Philippians 1 and 6. Be confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God has started a work inside of each and every one of us, and he's not finished with you yet. There's still something he's working in you, and when he gets done with that, there's something else he wants to do in you. And so we don't need to give up on God. We don't need to turn or close the book on God. No, we're going to let him finish the, the work inside of us. We're not left unfinished, but God is still working inside of us. And if there's anything in your life that you want to bring to the Lord today, I want to open up these altars today. For those who want to come and connect with the author again, those who want to strengthen their relationship with God, that maybe you're going through a hard time right now, that's okay. It's, okay. it's time to get a hold of Jesus and say, God, uh, I don't understand what is going on. It feels like I'm lost or I'm abandoned, but God, I know that you're still at work, that you're not going to leave things unfinished in my life that you're always there. Come on, will you come? Let's come worship the Lord today. Come on, he's doing something in you. That healing that you've been praying for, it's unfinished. It's not done yet. God is still doing a work in you. Will you keep praying for it? Will you keep reaching for it? Will you keep believing for that healing, for that deliverance, for that blessing? Will you keep praying for that backslider? They're your lost loved ones. Why? God is not done yet. He's still working in us. Come on. Let's come worship the Lord. Let's seek him, God. Let's praise him like he's already done with it. Let's praise him like we're finished, like we're already made it into heaven. Why? Because since he started the good work, he's going to finish it. Come on. Let's worship him together. Let's praise him. Let's lift him up today. Because he's doing something and he's not done with us. Mom, what is it that you need from him today? He's at work in your life. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing, God. Help me, Lord, to continue, Lord.
Continue living for you each day. You're not done with what you're doing in me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's praise and worship him like he's already done it. Like the prayer's already been answered. Why? Because he started a good work in you. And he's here to finish it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you, Lord, for my healing. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm still believing. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship him together. Let's sing unto the Lord. Give praises to him. you 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, for always being there, Lord, that you're not going to leave us or leave us unfinished or undone. But, God, you're going to continue. You're going to do the work, the good work, God, that you've placed inside of us. Help us to go forward in boldness in the Holy Ghost, God, to help see that work accomplished in us and through us. Hallelujah, Jesus. May we may look around at the world around us, and it looks hopeless. It looks dark. And you can't see, like, man, how, how is this happening? How are these things getting away with? And how in the world uh, is this going to work out? And we may, it almost may seem like, man, God just really abandoned and just left this work. This world is unfinished. But the Bible says that he's not done because it says where, great, where sin does abound, grace does much more about as much sin as we see out there in the world the bible says god is still at work because there's more grace out there than there is sin that means god is not done yet with the world he's not done with those lost souls and sinners but god there's still grace for them there's still a work to be finished in their life amen we got to bring that message to them our testimony of what god has done for us Amen, and be that example. Amen. God bless you all who are dismissed today. Be sure, to, be sure to grab some prayer cards. we got many people out today. You may need to grab a few extra to keep everybody covered. Amen. Thank you. There's bread out in the back if you want some bread. And God bless you. Encourage one another in the Lord.